Amen, and may that just be the beginning of how we're honest about what's going on in our lives and how Christ can help us. Hello to those of you on our internet campus. So glad that you're here for worship. What a great time to get together. I wanted to say, I told you guys a few weeks ago that we were in phase one of reopening where we are focusing on worship and children's ministry. And I said, you're gonna be seeing some deliberate tweak some small things that are are adjusted as we continue to grow in that phase one. And because of those deliberate steps, because of the the wonderful diligence of yourselves, our staff, our leadership, uh, we were able to completely open up uh, phase one and you no longer need a ticket to come to a worship service. So that's great news. We're super excited about that. Remember, we are using tickets to help help, uh, reduce capacity to what we felt was safe, also to help with COVID tracing. But thankfully, COVID cases are going down in our communities, immunizations is going up. Great combination for us to be able to open that up. But with more people coming to worship, what does that mean? We're gonna have more? Children, that's right, and praise God for that. So we do have more children who are coming. That's the only thing we're gonna ask you to get a reservation for. There's no cap, no limit on the amount of children that we can have. There's a hair hanging from my arm. Um, We're not gonna cap that at all, but we do need to know of the ages of the children who will be coming so that we can distribute the different teachers in uh, those classrooms accordingly. So we will ask you during the week to go ahead and sign up for that because we are still short on children's volunteers. We told you we needed 100, and man, you responded, it was great, but we still have about 30 spots that we're filling in with currently with staff members across all of our campuses. And as you can imagine, if phase two and phase three of our reopening comes along, those staff members will need to be deployed into other areas. So we need you to step up. Uh, I told you we will not lower the bar on the requirements for those who are serving with our children. And I will not apologize for that. But that means those who have been here for six months, those who have been through ministry safe in our screening process, we need you to step up so that we can continue to teach the good news to the next generation to raise up disciples uh, for Jesus. So uh, you can text in the code on the screen for more information, or you can visit the children's kiosk uh, right outside of your worship venue. Okay? All right, I wanna tell you a story that happened a, a few years ago. A few years ago, my wife, Jen, needed a new car. The car that she was driving was over 2,000 mile, 200,000 miles, and, and, it, and it had plenty of problems. And so Jen took it upon herself as the go-getter that she is to go ahead and research the car that she wanted to get. Totally good. Um, we had a budget in mind, and she uh, had her heart set on this 2014 white Ford Explorer. That's what, that's what she wanted. This, is, this was it. And so she said, Cody, I want you to go to the, the dealership with me. Let's, let's go up there. Let's look at it. And I think we could get it today. I'm like, okay. And so we, we talked through that. Now, unbeknownst to her, I was praying. I didn't tell her this prayer, but I was praying, Lord God, please provide a vehicle for us that is so clear and obvious it's ours that it's like that cult that was tied up in the city that you told your disciples to go and get for you, to ride into the city of Jerusalem. So I'm like, Lord, provide this cult for us to ride into all the things that that we're gonna do. So we go up to the dealership, and um, this is the part that I'm gonna cut out, I'm gonna skip to the chase here, because uh, I share this in marriage counseling appointments, uh, mostly my own marriage counseling appointments. 
Needless to say, Jen did not get her white stallion that she had hoped to ride out of the dealership with, but instead, uh, she got a 2001, not a 2014, a 2001 Ford Expedition. Um, I saw this as a wonderful gift of God's provision, that he gave us this donkey that was tied up for us. (laughs) Jen saw it a little bit differently, she saw this big green monster that was old enough to vote as Shrek, okay? So we rode out of there in two totally different mindsets. Now, let me, let me just be clear because this will put me in another marriage counseling appointment. Jen is very thankful for the car that she got, okay? She was thankful to get from point A to point B. But riding around in Shrek, had, he has plenty of character, But he also, when things have character, you know that they have character flaws, okay? And so Shrek had its share of character flaws. There were different things that that went wrong with it. We've since put Shrek out to pasture. But um, Shrek had plenty of those things that were wrong. One of those things was, for whatever reason, the tires would get out of balance. And you would notice it as you were driving because you'd have your hands on the wheel. And then as you know, if your tires have ever gotten out of balance, they would just, your, your hands would start shaking when you got to a certain you know, mile per hour on the highway. And then you, you know, Jen's like, Cody, it's out of balance. I'm like, just drive faster. You know, then, you're, then, it, then, you'll, you know, then it'll eventually even out and you'll get past it. No worries, okay? You're like, what a terrible husband. <laughs> Marriage counseling right here. And so I told her, you know, just, just keep, keep going. But it always happened. You all, so I'd say, okay, we got to take that in. You got to get the tires rotated and balanced. So we take it in, get the tires rotated and balanced. Inevitably later, you have to go back in. Tires get unbalanced again. Wheels start shaking. She's holding on for dear life, white knuckling it. And go faster. Got to take it back in. Got to take it back in. Got to take it back in. Here's why I tell you the story about Shrek is because this past year, I know that many of our lives have gotten unbalanced. That many of us have been knocked off center because of the things that have happened in our lives. We used to have a good routine. You used to have a good job, you used to have a healthy family, you used to have activities that you enjoyed going to. You used to have all those things that kept your life balanced. You had things to do, people to see, places to go, income to spend. But then 2020 came along, the pandemic happened, and it knocked us totally out of balance. And I'm afraid because you've gotten out of balance that many of you have been white knuckling the wheel, just holding on, trying to keep it in the road. And as you've just said, okay, I'll just go faster. I'll just go faster, I'll work harder trying to hang on for dear life, trying to get over it, to hope that eventually life would become balanced again. And I'm afraid just as going faster wasn't a great solution for Shrek, going faster isn't a great solution for you. If we're going to have the ride of life that God desires for you, biblically, scripturally, it's gonna take a balanced life, not just with more effort, white knuckling the wheel, but balancing the different areas of our lives. And that's what I wanna talk about today. So if you would open your Bibles to Luke chapter two. 
Luke chapter two, you'll also need a copy of the sermon notes because there's gonna be things on there that I want you to see and also some uh, homework kind of that you need to write down for yourselves. As we continue our series on mental health, this series is called What's On Your Mind. And the reason why I've called it What's On Your Mind is because what's on your mind matters. What's on your mind matters. And that's why we started off last week with truth with Dr. Frank Turek. And he did a great job of laying a foundation of truth. Truth is the bedrock for any kind of health. If we don't accept what is true, if we don't believe that anything can be true, then we'll never be healthy. Truth is the bedrock of health. And what I wanted to do today is build on that bedrock of truth. And what I wanna do is provide for us this baseline of what health means for us, uh, because many of us don't feel healthy. In fact, um, actually 80% of folks in the United States say that the pandemic negatively affected their mental health. 80%. 60% of Americans said that the circumstances that they faced or are facing were or are overwhelming. Now, you, you know as well as I do, when we face circumstances that are overwhelming, we don't have any hope. We're, we're, we're drowning when, when we are overwhelmed. We need some sort of rescue. We need some help from the outside. We cannot muscle it ourselves when we're overwhelmed. And that's why we're doing this entire series on mental health. I know that I am not a doctor. My, actually, both of my boys independently have asked me the question, Dad, why do people call you doctor if you don't help anybody? <laughs> I'm like, what has your mother been telling you? No. I, I know I'm not a doctor, but I am, I am a pastor. And I do love and care for you. And I don't just care about your tomorrow, I care about your today. And that means experiencing the abundant life that God has for you in every aspect of your life. Because see, just like Shrek needs four balanced tires for a smooth ride, you need four balanced areas of health to help with your mental health. And that's what we're gonna be uh, talking about today. So I wanna show you first that mental health begins with understanding its connection to other aspects of our health. Other aspects of our health. Now that I know I, what we're gonna do today is, is just to give you a heads up, is gonna be more teaching because I'm laying a foundation for our subsequent weeks. But this is a baseline foundation, so this is gonna be more teaching, more theological understanding uh, that I hope to uh, relay to you more than it is gonna be preaching. But mental health begins with understanding its connection to other aspects of our health. Now here's why I'm starting here is because also often, and even in what I've been reading in the research that's been coming out since the pandemic, many people isolate mental health they, they try to talk about mental health as something in itself that is unrelated to any other aspect of their lives. And if we can just fix our mental health, then everything else in our lives will take care of itself. Everything else will be okay. But scripturally, we cannot 
pull that apart. You can't tease out your mental health from any other aspect of your life because all of it goes together. That's actually how God created us. God created us as holistic beings, not just mental health beings, not just physical beings. He created us with four different specific areas of health. If you look at Genesis chapter one, verses 26 to 27, and then I'll show you another verse, chapter two, verse seven, but it'll come up on the screen. When, when we're told how God created us, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The Lord God formed the man from dust, from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now, if you, if, if you break this apart, you will see the four different aspects of health that we all were created with, we are all designed to have. We're, there's an emotional health aspect. We were created in the image of God with mind, emotion, and will. That, that's the, the emotional health that we're supposed to have. Physical health. We are created from the dust. There's a physical aspect to our health. You, you all know that. That's the obvious one. There's a spiritual health. We were created to walk with God. We, we, he breathed his breath into us. So we are spiritual beings. And then there's relational health. He didn't just create Adam. Remember, he didn't find a helper suitable for Adam. He created them male and female. He created two. So they related to each other. So there's a relational health. So from the very beginning, the way that God created us was to be holistically healthy. There are all of these aspects that go together. And when one is, is hindered or when one fails, it affects all the others. How do I know this? Well, look right after the creation account in Genesis chapter 3. Because in Genesis chapter 3, what do we have? The fall. Okay, fall. That was easy. Let me try that again. In Genesis chapter 3, we have the fall. Good. That, that was this, this break in fellowship with God. And as soon as we break in fellowship with God, there's a spiritual health that is no longer there. Because sin entered the world. What else, what, think about it. Go through those areas in Genesis chapter three. What else was affected? Was the physical aspect affected? Absolutely. Remember, that's when the curse comes. That's when pain enters the world. Physical pain, both for Adam and for Eve. Now there's relational separation. Remember, now all of a sudden they know that they're naked with each other. They cover themselves up. They're ashamed of the relational fellowship that they once had. See, it affects all of it. All of their health is affected. We were created as holistic beings. That's how God intended us to be healthy. And we can't tease out just one aspect and say, this is the area I want to focus on and not focus on any other areas or treat any other area like they don't matter. They all go together. In fact, I read an article in USA Today. I, love, I just love the title of it. But the title of it was, Your Body is Trying to Tell You Something. Now, I, I just, that's a really genius title. Your body is trying to tell you something. What it said was, stress is not just a state of mind. It creates chaos in your body. 
You see, we are, we are so holistically created that if we are experiencing stress emotionally, it affects us physically. Now, I, I know many of you know this, but here's why I'm, I'm going through this in such a, a didactic manner, sorry, it is because when we're in the thick of it, we have a really hard time coming up for air and taking a 30,000 foot view and evaluating what's really going on in our lives because we get so drilled down and so overwhelmed, it's hard to see the broader and bigger picture. That article went on and said, stress can have physical effects on us causing structural changes to our brain, which alters our memory, weakening our immune system, exacerbating pre-existing health conditions like cardiovascular disease and even respiratory problems. You go, duh, Cody, I know that. Yeah, but sometimes you, you don't always recognize it. And your body is trying to tell you something. Why is your body talking to your mind? Because you're created as a holistic creature. You, you can't separate one from the other. They all go together. So if we're going to be mentally healthy, it has to start with understanding its connection to other aspects of our health. And you say, well, Cody, you just told us that the fall, sin, affects all those areas of health. It absolutely does. That's why mental health, physical health, emotional, relational health will be a struggle until we are in glorified bodies with the Lord face to face. It absolutely will. It will always be a struggle. But does that mean that you should not in some way strive toward being a healthy being or, or experiencing the life that God has for you? No, no, because th there are things that are possible for you here to be healthy, that God has provided for even on this earth. And we have a great example of what that looks like to grow to be healthy, even from our Lord Jesus. You see, to improve our mental health, we must take a balanced health assessment. If, if you wanna be healthy, Remember, we've got to come up for air, do this kind of 30,000-foot overview, and assess these different areas. We can't just limit it to, I'm stressed, which is absolutely true, probably, very real, but we need a balanced health assessment. And where, where I want to show you this from is in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And that's why I told you to turn to Luke 2, because what I want to show you in 252 is what I call the gap verse. And the reason why I call it the gap verse is because this is pretty much one of the only verses that we get that gaps, that provides the gap between Jesus as a child, essentially, and Jesus in his ministry as an adult. And if you look at the context of Luke chapter 2, remember, Jesus had just gone into Jerusalem. And he went with his parents to celebrate the Passover feast. So he's old enough to go and travel by himself. He's old enough to go, which is probably with the preteen group that was there, this Cody speculation, but a young enough group where he could be by himself where his parents thought, okay, he's fine. They don't have to, you know, tether him with those things I see at the mall. You know, when people put those ropes on their kids, um, they didn't have one of those on Jesus. He's older than that, which if you're 13 walking around with one of those, that's weird. Um, so he's old enough to do that, 
But he goes into the city. They leave the city. Why? Uh, without Jesus, probably because he's old enough to, they were saying, oh, he's probably with his cousins. He's probably with other family members. They leave. For three days, he's in Jerusalem by himself. He's at the temple. Now, do you, do you remember this story? That's why I wanted you to see the context. And he, but he's young enough that when they come back it, and they say, you know, I imagine, you know, his mom pulling him out by his ear, you know, out of the temple, you know, but it says he submits to them. So he, he's young enough that he submits to his parents there, but he's old enough where he was on, on his own. And then we get this, this gap verse before we get into kind of his ministry later on in Luke chapter two, verse 52, it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, if you look at that verse, you see the same four aspects that we were designed with in Genesis. There's emotional health. He, he increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and men. Wisdom, this, this emotional discernment, mental kind of health aspect of it. But also in stature, physical stature, he grew up. But also in favor with God, there's spiritual, and favor with men, there's relational. Those four same aspects are in Jesus' life. And he grew in those things. He was growing in those things. If you took a snapshot, that's how you would say it. If you took that snapshot when he was 20, 24, you would say, gosh, Jesus, you've grown. You are growing, which we don't think about Jesus in that way. But for us, that's why we, it's helpful for us to take that assessment and go, we should be growing in all of these areas of our health. Certainly sin causes decay of the physical body, all those kind of things. We'll talk a little bit about that later on in the series. But you should be growing in wisdom. You should be growing in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with men. All of those aspects simultaneously and, and here's the important part of why I, I say that simultaneously. is because sometimes we over-focus on one area. You, you over-focus on one area, and sometimes doing that, obviously, it leaves a lack in other areas. And you think, I'm just going to focus on my emotional health right now. But sometimes the way that you focus on your emotional health doesn't actually work out for you in your physical health. Let, let me give you an example. Maybe you're like me, and you try to eat your sadness. I, I, I do that. I'm like, you know what I need? I'm stressed out. You know what I need? A piece of chocolate cake. That will help me feel better. I'm focused on my emotional health. I'm definitely focused. But at the detriment of another area, I know that's a, a, a somewhat trite example, but you understand. See, we can overfocus on one area at the detriment of another, or we can overcompensate in one area because of a lack thereof in another area. I'll give you a, another example. Um, for some people, um, let, me, let me say this. Sometimes we ignore trauma that has happened in our life previously. Or we don't know the truth about our spiritual relationship with God. And so we try to overcompensate in other areas of our health. For instance, 
Um, I, I ran into this all the time uh, with young people when I was doing Life Stage 2. They don't know the truth about who God calls them to be, that they are a true child of God. They find their identity and worth in their appearance. And so they would go to the gym all the time. They, they would look physically healthy, but relationally, they might be in a toxic relationship with a, a, you know, another boy or another girl, that their relational health is totally, I mean, it, it, trash. They don't know who God says they are, their spiritual relationship. Uh, they have no, they're not growing in favor with God, understanding the favor that God has on them. And, but they're overcompensating going, gosh, if I just work out more and I look better, then this girl will like me and then I'll feel worth, then I'll feel like I have a great identity. And we overcompensate in another area. Happens in a ton of areas of our lives. But that's why you've got to understand all of these areas should be growing simultaneously. We grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And that's why I've put that assessment on your sermon notes so that you can assess on a scale from one to 10, how are you doing in all of those areas? I'm not asking you to write that down to condemn you or to shame you. I'm asking you because if you want to begin to get healthy, you have to start with truth of where you are now. So that's why we start with a balanced health assessment, because if you don't understand the cause, just like I explained in those examples, if you don't understand the cause of what is hurting you in those different areas, you could end up in a really dark place. And I put this on your sermon notes. It'll come up here on the screen. I took this from a book called Troubled Minds, um, and they call this the challenge cycle, and I've renamed it. I call it the challenge spiral, but it's the only thing I've changed on here because it starts off. I, I like where it starts off. If you are challenged in your health, you start with confusion. If you're not sure of the cause, if you will not do an assessment, then you're not sure of the cause and it's going to lead you to spiral down. Then you get anxious. If you don't know the cause, trying to anticipate what's unexpected. You don't know what's coming next. The guilt, feeling helpless of failure, maladjustment. You're trying to maintain nor normalcy. That's that where I told you, overcompensating in some particular areas. Sometimes there's a role reversal. If, if this is happening in a family, uh, this happens all the time with substance abuse, the role reversal, where the child becomes the parent if the parent is addicted to or reliant upon a substance. Oftentimes that happens. There's then instability, shame, grief and loss, mourning of what was expected or what you even hoped for. And then a spiritual crisis, God, why did you let this happen? But that's a spiral, that's a spiral down. But where does it start? It starts with that confusion of the cause. That's why we've got to do this assessment of where does this start? You see, if we aspire to be mentally healthy, we must intentionally strive to be holistically healthy. We must aspire to be holistically healthy, not just mentally healthy, but that we would holistically grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And you might say, Cody, that's Jesus. <laughs> I can't be Jesus. You're right, you can't be Jesus. But you look at Jesus's greatest commandments and guess what? He admonishes us to grow in the same four areas. You look at the greatest commandments in Mark chapter 12, and you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
It's, it's all there. The second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All of those four aspects are there. The emotional, the mental, the, the physical, the relational, spiritual, they're all there. God wants to align our health, but he also wants us to submit ourselves holistically to him. You see, let me go ahead and say, I know that I, some of you are already thinking, Cody, this is all pop psychology stuff that you're teaching me. And it's not. Certainly, I'm not going to discount the wisdom of things that we've learned. But this is not pop psychology. This is biblical theology. This is God designed you to be holistically healthy in these ways. And if we want to be mentally, holistically healthy, then we've got to submit all of those areas of our life to him because it's the way we were designed to be healthy. It's the way he designed us from the beginning. And and I'll tell you, this this is not just um, something that only Christians recognize, that when we submit all of these areas to God, that we actually experience health. Uh, I read another article in the Boston Globe, totally secular. And here's what they say. Regular worshipers, now I'm taking worshipers as in submitting all these areas to God. Regular worshipers tend to, this was recent, tend to live longer, to suffer lower levels of stress, and to have few symptoms of depression and to have better cardiovascular and immune function, tending to be happier, to drink less, to have lower rates of drug abuse. Listen to this. Amid the uniquely difficult circumstances of the coronavirus pandemic, A survey reported health conditions found that Americans who attended religious services regularly were the only demographic that appeared to avoid a decline in their mental health in 2020. The only demographic. Why is that? Because those that worship God, that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, love their neighbor as themselves, who submit all of those areas to him first and foremost, to the truth about what he says of all those areas, then it aligns them with the truth of God's word and his design for their lives, for your life. It's how he designed you from the beginning. It's how he created you. Sin entered the world and caused unhealth in all of those areas. But now praise God through our Lord Jesus those can begin to be aligned back to him again. And we can experience some health when we submit our lives in those areas. So that's what I want us to do. I want us to take a holistic approach to mental health. A holistic approach, submitting all of these areas because you can't ignore one. And this is good for us to evaluate Um, individually, but this is also great for you to look out for other people in other areas of their lives because you can begin watching their lives. How are their relationships going? How is their physical life going? How is their mental or emotional? How's their spiritual life? If any of these things get out of balance, the wheel starts shaking. And you can try to muscle it to keep it in the road and you're gonna exert a lot of energy. What you need is to balance and rotate the tires. We gotta get balanced in all of these areas. So here's a holistic approach to mental health. 
And when I, when I say that, I, I mean, there might be an area that you might need to focus on, and I, don't get a myopic focus on it, but certainly don't ignore any of these areas. Spiritual health. Maybe you need to rest in God's character and not in your circumstances. God is good. God is sovereign. God does not change. God has not moved. God has not left you. God cares about you. God hears you. I mean, I could go on and on about the character of God. And I think those that rest in the character of God, when you talk about regular worshipers, those are people that acknowledge, proclaim, live under the truth of who God is. And they are not shaken by circumstances. Certainly circumstances hurt, but we know this. If we're waiting for circumstances to be steady and stable, then we'll live in complete instability all the time. Circumstances will always change. God will not. And so we need to rest in his character and the truth about who he is. Where do we learn that? From his word. So rest in his character, not in circumstances. Maybe that's an area that you need to focus on. Or emotional health. Separate the lie from the truth based on scripture. So often our emotional health is tied to truth or lies. And we begin be believing lies about who we are or what our worth is or what our value is or what our purpose is. We are not going to be emotionally healthy in any way. Separate the truth from the lie. Where's the truth? Back to God's word. This is the truth about who he is and who you are as well. Physical health. Treat your body as something God cares about. I'm not saying overcome it, but Treat it as something God cares about. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You cannot trash, abuse, or ignore your body. God gave it to you to glorify him and to serve him and to serve others. He cares about your body. You need to care about your body as well. You can't say, I can treat it like I don't. Like, like it has no, no substance. Because Cody, I'm just going to get a glorified body one day. Yes, that's true. But man, the way we treat our body has so much to do with interconnected to these other areas. Then finally, relational health. Find someone you can know and be known by. This is one of the areas that has hurt the people the most during the pandemic is this isolation and if you don't have somebody that you can know, truly know, and be known by, then you won't be relationally healthy. And you'll start believing lies. You'll start trying to maybe even use your body to provide a relational health. And guys, it's all of that stuff, it's going to lead to destruction. And by the way, um, if you're married, your person is your spouse. Let me just go ahead and say that. Certainly it's okay to have a buddy or a girlfriend. I, I totally get it. But if your spouse doesn't know who you are and you don't know who they are, then you're, you're headed for disaster. Then you're not gonna be emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, all of those things. So start at home first. But we gotta be relationally healthy too. All of these have to be held in balance. 
If one of these gets out of balance, the wheel gets wobbly. And God wants you to be holistically healthy. Follow his way, which is in all these four areas. Let me pray for us. God, uh, thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that you don't tell us, I only care about your relationship with me, but you care about how we live in this world. You care about our physical health, our emotional health. You care about our relationships. You care about all of these things, Lord, because you created this earth, you created our days, you created us, and you want us to use all of those things to glorify you. So Lord God, I pray that as we begin this series on mental health, that we would submit all of these areas into your care in obedience and submission to you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.